Well, welcome everyone to the Redeeming Identity Podcast, a place of grace and truth where we empower sons and daughters of God to live out their true God-given identity. Um, I am Aaron, and I'm here once again with my co-host and amazing wife, Megan. How are you, baby? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Uh, so when we last recorded, uh, I left a little uh, on the intro of last time. I let everybody know we were on the way to Atlanta for a, a pretty um, important surgery that uh, that we had with an amazing doctor over there. And uh, we do thank you for all of your prayers and continued prayers for for Megan and for I. And um, they ended up doing some, taking some very vital stuff out, but leaving us with one ovary, <laughs> right? Um, and this will be just a little side thing. My wife suffered, suffers, but um, I'm claiming full healing, uh, but from endometriosis, which I think that can that can have its own identity of itself, dealing with the pain and women suffering. And, and one day, and, and we may get to that and share that yes. whole story later on. So, but yes. My wife is my hero. My tr- She's a trooper. Uh, just, I can't imagine the pain. I just have to sit there sometimes or have had in the past to, to all I could do is pray or take her to the hospital. That was, that was all I. Really it's been a season of physical pain, but yes. believing for complete yeah. healing, so still recovering. Yeah, so thank you everybody for the prayers, um, and we are excited to be back uh, on the last episode and the kind of the one before that. We've kind of been setting up what we're calling the redeeming identity journey from chaos and confusion in my identity to confidence in Christ and who he says I am. And uh, that started with episode eight, which was titled Hold Fast to what is true. Don't be formed by feelings and don't uh, hold fast to what is true. And uh, that's a line from a Cody Karn song. And actually on today's, I'll finish uh, with some lyrics from another one. Um, Just love that guy. Uh, and then last episode was redeeming, uh, episode number nine, redeeming a biblical view of who God is. Um, and so uh, the reason, that is the reason that we are so off kilter is that we've, that we've lost and believed. Uh, we've exchanged the truth about God for lies, Romans one twenty five. So I wanted to uh, ask my wife, uh, if she would go over what those four practical steps that we talked about that all of us really need to take in order to redeem a biblical view of who God is. Yes, and so what we went over last time was um, one of the first things we talked about was re-surrendering, like giving all we have to God, um, making Him our Savior, making Him our Lord, putting Him first um, and in His rightful place. Um, that was a big one. Um, we really need to get back to that place of just submitting 
and, and, and surrendering to him as our Lord, as our King, as our Savior. Um, and then we talked about the Word and how important that is for us to read the Word of God and how powerful that is. And even just to have a daily discipline in that, which is, you know, obviously we put so many stigmas over the Word of God and we're actually going to dive deeper into the Word today. Um, but just from what we talked about last time, making that a daily discipline um, in our lives and how important that is to build foundation, um, build our foundation in Christ. Um, and also to reverence just Him, reverence um, Him in worship and in praise and how important praise and worship is. And we even talked about the difference between when we praise and when we worship, um, even in just our our um, worship services and how getting the focus off me, 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 and my, 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 or what I'm, you know, yes, God does care about what we're going through. Um, and he's um, walking with us through our, our temptations and our struggles, but there is a, there's a power that comes when we are reverencing, reverencing God and his holiness and how good he is and how faithful he is and, and we're saying holy is your name or worthy is your name. So it gets the, it really, it, it, it begins to magnify him. And when we magnify him in reverence to him, then our, then we're not magnifying our problems yes. and we make God bigger. When we make God bigger, our problems become small, smaller. So just, just the, just how powerful reverence is. And then we just remember. Um, so they all start with R. So we surrender, we read, we reverence, and we remember, we give thanks to God because in remembering his faithfulness, remembering his goodness, remembering what he's brought you out of, when we, when we get our mindset on those things, then we take authority against the enemy and the thoughts that he brings in and the, the lies that he brings in, the temptations that he brings in. Um, it's all about making God bigger. And if we can make God bigger than our, our problems, um, they become less and the enemy becomes small. One of the songs, one of the songs we sang today at church is a song called Again and Again by Red Rocks Worship. Yes. And it says when, and for me, we all, we all, the enemy can attack in our own flesh that we, that we experience in our lives can be prone to wander with doubts and things like that. And this, there's a line that says, when the doubt in my way comes to steal yes. what I say or what he says. And, and I love that the, the response to that is actually, I'll remember and I'll thank you with gratitude. So that's, I love those four. So once again, that was resurrender, read, reverence, and remember. And so love that and and so before you know that that's the kind of the first step of redeeming our identities is redeeming a biblical view of who God is and um and so my initial thought in kind of brainstorming for all of it was to move right on into okay now we can move on to us but really over the last month or two, God has really been speaking both to us and some of our, our friends and, and people that we are 
in community with and, and really the body of Christ as a whole um, through the Holy Spirit has really been speaking about the importance of a biblical worldview and really a uh, really all, what our relationship with the word of God itself is. And, and since one of those four R's under that is read um, the word. And I just, I was thinking, man, I've, I've seen it personally that the word of God has been under attack and really that the theme verse on the last, on the last time we had read, uh, it was, I think the ESV version and it's in that one of Romans 1, 24 and 25, it says the truth that, that people exchange the truth about God. Um, but there's a version and I'll go ahead and read this one and then, uh, and then Megan will read actually something about why and who uh, is behind it all. But um, so as I've shared before, kind of the theme verses uh, and the theme passage that uh, that really shapes uh, redeeming identity and really turn in terms of explaining how we got to where we are as fallen humans and, and sinners is Romans chapter one. And, and we're also going to see in a moment that, that that very scripture is being challenged by, by court systems in our world. Um, but Romans one twenty four and 25 in the new American standard and uh, really, which is almost a little bit closer to the Greek I don't. My sister will probably correct me on that, but um, I uh, got this from Bible Hub, which is one of the apps that I use, and it's a direct translation. It says, therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. So we see that happening, and the why for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And um, I, I find it interesting just in the change of that one word, truth about and truth of. And so I, I, I was like, man, that, that almost we can look at that as the word and the, and the truth of the word. Um, and, and I even, you know, I think of one of the names of Jesus obviously is I am the way, the truth and the life. And and so if Jesus is truth and uh, we've exchanged that truth and, and one of the things he also is, is the word. And he says that his word is truth. Then we've exchanged that and you can look in our world and that. God has a standard. He has his word for us. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. But there's all this, this attack on the word of God. And so uh, there is not, it's not just out of thin air. We've talked about it before, but kind of more in detail, babe, who is, um, who is our enemy? Uh, and I think that I put it in the scriptures, if you want to pull that up and um, and I know we're going to throw a lot of scripture at you today, but I thought how unfitting it would be for us to talk about how important the word is and to not 
use the word. Yes. So yeah. So if Jesus is the truth, and and you know, and it, I I just you know I thought about man, what's been going on? Why? Who's attacking? There's, we think the we think that it's people. We think that yeah. that it's only them, but there's a source, and and so yeah, who is that source? What? So John eight thirty nine through thirty two. Sorry, 39 through 47, uh, long passage, bear with me. So they answered him, Abraham, Abraham is our father, Jesus said to them. If you are Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were born... We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It's because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you because excuse me, but because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the word of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So, yes, very strong words. Very strong path. But it's very strong path. And, and, and even in the length of it, you know, just a side note, and we'll get it here even a little bit later, and the importance of this is, you know, Reading the Word of God in full and its context is is so critical, and and even everything Jesus said there we're about to see in some headlines that you know there there are things happening even within the church and and Jesus you know what if he were <laughs> we think of the the letters in the book of Revelation if he if if the angel of of the church in Alabama or the church in America or something were to send, Hey, say this to this church, you know, he would have some strong words like this, yes. you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, so I wanted to kind of bring that up and go, okay, Jesus, he's the source of truth. He is the truth, but we have the enemy yeah. and, and that the world is under the control of the enemy that, the minds of those who don't know God and don't have a relationship with Jesus are blinded by that. And, and I think it's interesting that Jesus says to them that whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. And I'm like, wow, you know. Well, and, and then sadly, people will... You know, I think that's where the enemy lies to two people is that they are believing their own God 
yeah. and they don't know the truth of God's scripture, yeah. and they're believing their own their own faults, mm-hmm. God, their own faults. You know what culture is screaming at us and giving permission for everyone to live their own truth mm-hmm. and that this will be the truth for me mm-hmm. may not be the truth for you, but it's going to be the truth for me. And it's my truth. And that somehow that's just okay. And again, that is the lie of the enemy. Um, but when you don't know the truth or mm-hmm. if you've allowed the enemy to distort the truth, which we're about to get into yeah. um, and how, how easy it can be when you don't know the true word of God how easy you can get feelings based and and see how easy the enemy comes in to twist mm-hmm. the word of God and provide a false religion, false um, faith, false false God, yeah. false anything, yeah. um, anything contrary to the word of God. Um, so it's 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 where we have to. That's one. We read in the, the four R's how why it's so important to make it a daily discipline yeah. so that you can know God so that you can discern what is truth and what is a lie. Yeah. It, it's, I love that truth really is a person first, you know, and, and I love that we established that and that's knowing Jesus and, um, but Kind of like like we talked about before, that what's happening right now in our world is nothing new, because it's the same thing that happened to Jesus. It's the same thing that happened to those disciples that went out to speak and to share the gospel. It's the same thing that happened to Paul as he was going to Rome. Um, the what we've experienced here in America has been an anomaly has been something that is not normal for most of history. We talked about that on episode eight, about how persecution has been more of the norm for the church, for those who follow Jesus. It has been to be countercultural and much different than the world. And so when we look at these headlines and, and you know, I, I, just to even, I'm not, we're not even going to read the stories because we could spend three, four hours doing that. Um, but we are going to put them in the show notes. So, um, we'll just, uh, I'll read this first one. Uh, like medieval times, Finnish politician prosecuted for biblical views reacts to crazy trial issues warning. And this is like, this is from the last couple of weeks. This is a Finnish. In Finland, a politician who a few years ago posted a Bible verse from Romans 1 and also I think Genesis 1.27, which is God made them male and female. And there's a court, the, the actual judicial system where she is facing, uh, I don't know, prison time and, and things like that for sharing the word of God and, and uh and so that's that's the first one. The next one is, um, babe, you read. The serving criminalization of Christianity underway overseas. Is it coming to America next? So this is, yeah. 
That's scary. Yeah. Because a lot of, you know, and I think I've actually made this statement, you know, I feel like, um, and I've been there, um, you know, a lot of times we get so consumed with what, you know, we've got going on and our, our families or our churches, our jobs, you know, and we don't think about the world around us. And, you know, if it's not directly affecting me, then why does it matter? Um, but it does matter because these are our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, even around the world. And if we're, we are crazy to think that it won't happen to us. Um, until that's the thing is I've even said that and that's convicted me, you know, to say, Oh, it's just, Oh, that's, you know, overseas or that's in another state that's not here where I live in my city. And I just excuse it. And then I have to say, you know, no, these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm crazy to think that it won't one day darken my door or my school where my child goes or my church or the leadership in, you know, my pastors Mm. or my leaders that, that, I sit with every Sunday or I serve with every week. Um, So, you know, and so you may think, why are they reading these crazy stories or these stories that don't, they're not around here? Well, they're important because one day they could be. Um, And sadly, you know, even just knowing the word of God, knowing what's to come, it, it could be any day, any day now where we are tested. Man, I just so I just opened up one of the news sources I use is the Christian Post, and the very first the very first thing is almost no Armenians left in Nagorno Karabakh, which is something that's happening over in um, Armenia, Azerbaijan, which is right near China, uh, right near Russia, and it's an entire group of Christians that are literally being wiped out. Um, there was, uh, see if I can find it. There was something that I saw about Canada that happened this past week. Um, also, there was massive news coverage when last week about India. Yeah, there were churches being bombed and Christians dying. I mean, their yeah. their synagogue. I mean, it wasn't just of Christianity, but any any faith other than if anyone pro- professed any other religion or faith that was not Hindu, yeah. if I'm correct. I don't have that yeah, link, that's correct. but that's correct. Um, just broke, broke my heart of this. Yeah. Um, and then footage of women pleading with their armed forces to not leave yeah. their villages and in their homes for protection yeah. for, for just, put, mm-hmm. you know, just begging for their lives to be protected. So it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Very heartbreaking. And, and so, you know, and, and this is not to scare anybody, but it's easy. It's easy for me. It's easy to want things to go back to quote unquote normal. Um, where, you know, we think about the nineties for us and we didn't face this in America. We didn't face this in the South. We, we enjoyed a privilege kind of of just everybody went to church and everybody was involved. And so, Kind of go back and listen to episode eight for some encouragement on that. But just just to kind of open our eyes to see that like the word of God is under attack and, and truth. Uh, last week, a Canadian city okays amendment to ban words, gestures that may offend LGBT people. 
And that on the surface by the, that says, well, you know, they're not really saying anything, but what they mean by that is scripture mm-hmm. is these things. There are people that in Canada have been arrested. There are some within the United States that have been out sharing the gospel, reading the word in public at pride events that were uh, arrested in America, like here. And so just just kind of to be aware that, that it is here. Um, but uh, kind of to get on to like, we're talking about the word um, and how the word of God has been under attack. The truth of God has been under attack. Uh, one of the things that we see happening is that the word of God itself uh, people are trying to change it, to pervert it. Uh, this next one, Dave, yeah, you read the that one um, about China. Chinese communists perverting the Bible and turning Jesus into a murderer. So I believe this is talking about how they're just creating a whole new Bible. A whole new Jesus. A whole new Jesus. Um, yeah. And distorting just every story, every, every line of it to yeah. Yeah. And there was one article that she showed me and we'll we'll share this one, but it had to do with they're calling it the New World Translation. That's an AI generated thing that that a group of non believers and people that don't <laughs> that hate Jesus or that are trying to make Jesus say stuff that he didn't say are putting things in and, and on that article there was something that was I mean, just read the passage. It sounds, it, man, it sounds like you could have pulled it out of Scripture. And and uh, so that's what's scary is if you don't know the word and you hear these things, if you don't, if you're not well acquainted with, with really the words of Jesus, and then you, you could be, all of any of us could be taken Captive, as Paul says, by hollow and deceptive philosophies. Um, and so somebody went to an AI yeah, chat true, yeah. source and, and asked it to create uh, a verse that would basically be affirming, affirming. accepting of transgenderism. So, uh, yeah, what is, uh, read, just yeah, read so it. So, this is just a section of, you know, like I said, it was generated through AI, but just just trying to affirm trans identity for men and women. And uh, it reads, And a woman whose heart was divided between spirit and body came before him. The fake, this is the fake passage, the fake passage reads, In quiet despair, she asked, Lord, I come to you, estranged by my spirit and body are not one. What, how shall I hope to enter the kingdom of God? Jesus looked upon her with kindness and replying, my child, blessed are those who strive for unity within themselves, for they shall know the deepest truths of my father's creation. The passage continued with saying, be not afraid, for in the kingdom of God there is no man nor woman, as all are one in spirit. The gates of my Father's kingdom will open for those who love and are loved, for God looks not upon the body, 
but the heart. So for someone who's lost, someone who's, you know, and and just, it's not scripture. (laughs) Forget, you know, light and bolt did not come get that. I do not endorse this. This is not the word of God. That was not the word of God. This was heresy. It was, it was complete false. Um, and if you know scripture, there was like two or three different references of some scripture, different, just different passages where we've seen it in the Bible. You know, like I, like when asking who can enter the kingdom, that's in the New Testament when no, disciples have asked, no group, no, you know, yeah, like who, yeah, who, who can enter the, who can enter the kingdom of heaven, you know, and, um, you know, there's tons of that. Um, anyway, so it was, it's just distorting, but we, you can see how this is what the enemy wants and how he will take scripture and he will weave it to fit the narrative or yeah. fit your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely feelings based. Like I could see someone who is lost, who's confused or even just wants acceptance can go, wow. Yeah. That's the kind of God I want to mm-hmm. serve. And, um, and just how easily this yes. this has become um, where people are accepting this mm-hmm. versus it's not it's but it's not the truth no. it's a lie and, and you know and that kind of there's a there's a scripture I've been reading through the book of Jeremiah and um, if you if you have the chance to go back and read Jeremiah I, I recommend it right now in our at our time right now in the United States, especially at the church, the state of what's going on and, and the similarities between the way we saw um, Israel and Judah turn away from God and the way that we have seen the United States turn away from God um, and just the evil things of, of murdering and sacrificing of children, well, abortion, and then with all of the sexual morality. And so there was, you know, the leaders of the day um, were very much like the people and they wanted, they saw what they wanted to see in, in scripture. And if it didn't fit their life, they criminalized it. They, they tore it out. Um, if you spoke against them, which is what Jeremiah did, you were persecuted, uh, he was thrown in a well. I mean, just left for dead, all these things. And the Lord gave him a word, a, a very stern word for King, um, the king of Israel or the king of Judah. And um, and then this king, so I want to read this passage just so you can see that it's happening. We're, and we're about to read some more stories about in the church when people – take passages out of context or remove them completely to fit what they want. Like Megan just said, so Jeremiah 36, uh, starting verse 20 through 25. So they went into the court of the king, having put the scroll in the chamber of Elishama, the secretary, and they reported all the words to the king. Then the king sent Jehudi to get the scroll and he took it from the chamber of Elishama, the secretary. And Jehudi read it to the king and all the officials who stood behind, beside the king. It was the ninth month, and the king was sitting in the winter house, and there was a fire burning in the fire pot before him. As Jehudi read three or four columns, the king 
would cut them off with a knife and throw them into the fire in the fire pot until the entire scroll was consumed in the fire and that was in the fire pot yet neither this is well yet neither the king nor any of his servants who heard all of these words was afraid nor did they tear their garments even when Elnathan and Deliah and Gemariah urged the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. And man, so that, that's happening then. It's happening now. Um, they're reading the word of God. Removing, removing it. Removing it. From burning school, it. Removing it from our libraries. Yeah. The, um, the, there's this one article that was in Utah that the Bible was removed from a Utah elementary and middle school uh, from from bookshelves for sex and violence, um, which is so, so interesting, uh, interesting that we're going to remove the sex and violence there, but we're going to leave some very evil sexual we're bring trans books into our yeah classes. we're going to bring them into our daily yeah books required in reading uh, that are explicit explicit pornography, pornography into elementary schools. Right. Don't take my word for it. There, there are passages. I mean, there's so many news stories, um, even in the town we live in, and where people have read from these books, and it's disgusting, explicit material. And so, you know, the word of God comes in and it's offensive. The gospel is offensive, and the offensive parts of it, and, and we saw this in even that first passage of John eight. They, they keep saying, well, that's not what God, no, no, no. The, you're, you're not the Messiah because he, he would fit this. No, you know, stop telling us that our father's the devil. Stop telling us that we're in sin. Uh, which is, which the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. Hello. Like, we know that... The word of God is meant to cut. It's meant to point out where we have fallen so that we can be made whole. Yeah. That is the, the, the point of the, the gospel. Um, and But in a world culture, is that's demonized. That's put down because how dare you? Um, so, yeah, the word of God is offensive because it's supposed to be. Yeah. And it's conflicting and it's confrontational because it's supposed to be. But when you're lost and you don't you don't see it. Mm. The I you know, that's where we have to pray and intercede for the lost that's right. daily yeah. for their eyes because it only comes from yeah. God. Yeah. Only God can open someone's eyes yeah. as he did for for Paul. You know, on the road to Damascus, the scales literally, it's where scales are on people's eyes and only God can remove them. Man, um, and that, that really sums up kind of that, what the problem is, we see it in the world. And this, if you don't know the Lord, uh, there's going to be an opportunity at the end of this uh, episode for you to put your faith and trust in him. Um, and man, 
it's, it's really going to be fully the gospel that um, it's not just, hey, you need something to make your life better. No, it's, it's without Christ, all of us would experience eternity in hell because we deserve it, because we are wicked, wretched sinners, all of us, myself included. My wife, not as much as me. That is not true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All have fallen short. Yes. Hello. I'm just kidding. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, so kind of into that. So so let's step into the next sphere here. And and so, um, so I want to really talk about in the church, what is our, those of us who call ourselves Christians, followers of Christ, and, and how we're looking at redeeming identity for, because, you know, our target audience is both the lost and those within the church here. Um, and so I really wanted to, to kind of give it as a challenge to those of us who say we know the Lord to really say, okay, what is my worldview? What, how am I looking at the word? You know, what, what is its place in my life and my house? Um, and so kind of had a couple questions, I guess, rhetorically for, for all of us, you know, is what is, what is your view of God's word? Uh, what, what do you, do you look at it at, do you look at the Bible as God's word? Do you think it's holy? Um, what's your relationship with the Bible? That's interesting. Remember truth is a person and the word is living and active. So is, is your relationship is mine? Is it, is the Bible relevant to, to your life? Is it, or is it something that feels old and outdated? Do you love it or do you hate it? Do you actually know, not, not just uh, maybe a, a, a favorite verse here, but I mean, do you know it, cherishing it? Uh, do you just think you know it and maybe, you know, say some stuff and I've heard it, I've, I've, I'm sure said some, you know, I, I love to claim promises of God and things like that. And I've even heard the things that are not scriptural, like uh, God helps them, those, God helps those who help themselves. When that's not scriptural, that's <laughs> not even close to the gospel. I remember somebody saying, uh, they, they put a verse once, like, teach a man to fish and you teach others. And then, oh, that, yeah, that's scripture. It's like, no, that's actually Confucius from Chinese, uh, like Chinese culture. So, um, so it's really interesting. So what is our view? What, like, do we know the word and what's our relationship and how much are we viewing the word? And then because of that, the world very much like the people that, that would not cling to know Christ. And, and so um, the more that we've, that we've looked around the church we, we have realized, and, and this is, it starts with us, that there are a lot of people who don't have what we would call a biblical worldview. And so let's define, for the sake of this podcast, um, we've got a quote from George Barna, and we're going to link some research. He's done some fantastic research. Um, so, babe, what is, 
for the sake of this, what is the definition of a biblical worldview? Yes, and so believing that that absolute moral truth exists, that such truth is defined by the Bible, the firm belief in six specific religious views, those views were that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, God is the all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe, and he still rules it today. Salvation is a gift from God and cannot be earned. Satan is real. A Christian has a responsibility to share their faith in Christ with other people, and the Bible is accurate in all its teachings. It's putting the, it's, you know, and we've said this in our, in our marriage, in our home, like, the Bible is is the center of every decision, every the way we live our lives. We we always in test everything by the word so before anything. Before we make a decision, before we we don't just jump the gun. We don't make a purchase. We don't do anything before we pray or before mm-hmm. we even if even if someone is to speak into our lives. Mm-hmm. Because not everybody that speaks into your life needs to be speaking (laughs) or you need to be accepting their words into your life. But you always test it by the word of God. Like it is the foundation. It is the center of everything. Yes. And we're going to get even more deeper into that here in a minute. But man, that that is so good. I just had this thought of uh, remembering of uh, the way in which the synagogue historically the time of jesus uh, that you know jesus was a jew growing up right and and that's those are god's chosen people and what i love is that they would come together around the text when they would come there was a podcast um, that somebody shared with me and they were talking about that the community, the whole synagogue was not centered around a plat was not a platform at the front with a podium and mic and speak, you know, was not some guy speaking out. It was people surrounding more in a communal all around in the word in the center. Mm-hmm. What's the most important thing? It's the word. It's you know, Christ at the center. And, and I, I just go, oh, wow, you know, that, that would be, that would be our heart. And so some of the actual uh, stats from George Barna, so he did research with that definition at at the heart of it in a study. Um, so the, really the, the main place, and we have seen people that we love that have, deconstructed their faith that have been taken out by the enemy um, and, and, you know, really know sadly that within the church, there are those who are leading others astray. There are, as Jesus said, wolves in sheep's clothing. And then there are a lot of people who are not walking around with a biblical worldview and by a lot of people, I mean the majority. Um, and those were those those six things uh, real quick. And that was 
uh, the truth that Christ lived a sinless life, that God is all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe, and he still rules it today. Salvation is a gift from God and cannot be earned. Satan is real. A Christian has the responsibility to share their faith in Christ with other people, and the Bible is accurate in all of its teaching. So when Barna did the research, and there was there was all kinds of questions, and, and there's there'll be another resource I'll share that came only two percent of parents. So this is this is just in general in the United States. Only two percent of parents with children under thirteen possess a biblical worldview. That's that's everybody. So two percent of people in America. So ninety eight percent of people that live that we work with that we you know that we interact with do not have a biblical worldview. Um, in the church, here we go. Just one out of every five parents of preteens is a born again Christian. So we're talking about the born again Christian. So of those who are born again Christian, who claim in this study, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I, mm-hmm. Only eight percent have a b- biblical worldview. That's extremely uh, alarming. And concerning, and I really, and I go, wow, and, and what that is, and we go back to the question, do you know the word? Do you love it? Is it everything to you? Or are are we being like that king from the book of Jeremiah that we say, mm, I don't know that it really said that. It didn't mean that. Or um, like one of the stories uh these headlines that we're about to read, are we doing something else? So, um, so just kind of to set that up. Well, let's, let's read those headlines, uh, real quick, babe. Uh, if you want to start with just, there was a couple titles of, of podcasts first, um, that I wanted to kind of one first highlight before this next one, So we'll read one, two, and then four, because we already talked about three on this list that we have. But um, there's always extremes, and we talked about this with my sister and brother-in-law last uh, last night. Uh, There's always extremes, and uh, there's so many great resources. We're like literally going to go to the show notes because I'm going to try to overload you because there's so much. There's so much. uh, uh, Not resources, but. there's Articles so much stuff that we could be here for hours. So yeah. we just and we're just scratching the surface yeah. of what you know, and we're just you know, and we're we don't ever want to it be our words. No, always like we just talked about test the scripture. Yes. That's why we read it for our. That's why you read it for yourselves. Yes. And um, you know, we're all growing on our journey mm-hmm. and um, with the Lord and in our relationship with Him. And but it's just important to be aware yep. of where the church is being attacked and we're seeing it in, in, in good place, you know, places of worship and in places where, um, you know, that have a, that, and, and it's really has grieved us to be honest, because many of these churches that have, that God has, that, that really has been, has been elevated. Um, that even God has, I believe, elevated them at a certain time and now they've used that that platform to deconstruct 
or that now they have become more progressive. And, um, and we're about to mention one of those churches to be aware of um, and other articles as well. But it's just important that we are made aware of these things so that we know when we're in a church service or we, we go or we listen. I mean, I've caught myself like listening to a sermon from another and being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, where is this coming? Like to be, to be aware um, of where the enemy is coming in Mm -hmm. and how he is coming in to, um, to our lives and into our homes and to our churches. So, you know, there's a couple of, of words that are really buzzwords, but I, I say, don't push back on these buzzwords. Lean into and go, hmm, why is this? Why is this rubbing me the wrong way? Because maybe you, you and I, we, we need that. The word is a, is a sword that works against the enemy, but we need it. So, um, so here's, here's first, like, the first one, and, and we'll talk just briefly about what this is. So the first headline or the first title of this podcast was The Hijacking of Jesus by Progressive Christians, Challenging Conversations with Jason Jimenez. Jimenez. See, I don't, I don't, I'm not very well in my Spanish. <laughs> my husband likes to think he is, but he is, he is a lot better than myself. So, um, <laughs> So you you go, well, what's that about? The hijacking of Jesus by progressive Christians. And, um, and, and don't, don't, don't you worry, conservative Christians, quote unquote, (laughs) the next one will be about, about you. (laughs) So, um, so there is an entire movement within the church and and we're going to put resources, but to be aware of called progressive Christianity, the progressive church. And actually it has nothing to do with politics. Uh, it has to do with completely um, putting feelings before faith and truth and, and leaving behind solid things like that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that, that he is very God and that he came to earth in was God and man lived the perfect life that we could never live, died the death that we deserved and rose for us and is, is our only savior. They, the progressive church, progressive Christians deep down and, and, and a lot of these places say, no, no, no. And it's really becoming, no, we all go to heaven. Oh, you know, and, and well, things to be aware of, uh, and and we'll talk about this on a later podcast because it is essential in redeeming a biblical identity of ourselves is we must know the truth that all of us is born with a sinful nature. And as David said in Psalm 51, that we are all wretched, that when I came from my mother's womb, there was I wicked coming out of the womb and uh, and we can... Uh, just touch on this for one second. We can all look at a two-year-old and and go, man, what a me monster. <laughs> but they're supposed to be. They're a toddler. But why? Because they were born a sinner. And it's natural. It is, the sin nature was, was natural yeah. 
you know, it's that's so hard because, you know, and I'm, we're not parents yet. And we were praying for that day. But, you know, we have amazing nieces and nephews yes. um, that we love so deeply. Um, and I was working, I worked in child care for many years. And it's just natural. Yeah. It's natural to test the waters. It's natural for them to, to they're throwing the temper tantrums. And, and it's, and, um, you know, those, those things are natural for them. And that's why just the same as, having those disciplines in our in our lives with the Lord because I've thrown a few tantrums when it comes to being pointed out my sins and the things that I've been that I've met fault for mm-hmm. um as well. But that's why parenting and staying strong and, and sticking to what's yeah. you know teaching them what's right, teaching them what's right, what's wrong, you know, how to you know handle their emotions mm-hmm. and their anger and and that's why, like, that discipline, as much as it takes discipline for parents to do that with their kids, it's, it's even more of that discipline that we have to have in our relationship with the Lord in those disciplines daily. It's pretty much that's like right. the same thing. That's right. And it's it, we're always going to come back to us. We, we want to be sure that we first are, are walking with the Lord before we look at anyone else. Um so that so that's that's one side of the coin, and, and you know the progressive church would be also those who are um, affirming of people who are walking in sinful lifestyles, and would say that God's word either has nothing to say; those passages are quote unquote being taken out of context that talk about homosexual uh, activity, and and there's so much more deeper that we're going to go into. Homosexuality didn't even the, the term. Yes, it didn't exist, but oh God, uh, He sure intended for the the, uh, the 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 law of God to last for eternity. And we'll read that scripture here in a few minutes. That where Jesus Himself talks about the law of the Lord, the the scriptures, the Old Testament that some think is has no bearing, um, and so. Um, which I think this is where this is where the progressive movement is moving towards in the churches. I feel like at the moment, right now, that's what we're facing the most mm-hmm. is that churches are caving in to what a biblical marriage is between yeah. a man and a woman, and they've deconstructed the marriage and what mm-hmm. un, the 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 union of a man and a, a woman, yeah. and um, you know which. We can point that out with one of the things that just happened, what, yep. a weekend ago? No. Last weekend? This, this weekend, weekend. This weekend. This past weekend. Yeah, so, so share Yeah, so um, Andy Stanley, which is a very um, predominant minister for years, his, his um, father. Yeah, Charles. Charles. Yeah, Dr. Charles yeah. Stanley, yeah. Who, who really I I love and and so honor Dr. Stanley. Um, he made such an impact on my father, Dr. Stanley, and, and on our entire family. And, and you want to talk about somebody who's grounded in the Word of God. And um, there's so much more to what happened between Andy and his father, but... Um, it just breaks. It breaks our heart because to have a, a, a man of God so strong in the faith as Charles Stanley... Who, as 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 been as 
as influential as he was for your family, your father, and discipling him and many, many people in the faith, um, who I'm sure, like anyone else, has mis- mistakes as well, but has been redeemed, but has mm-hmm. been using that to disciple other people, yeah. which is what we're called to do. Um, to have his son move in such a way that is counter the gospel, mm-hmm. counter what the word of God says. And now he's leading thousands astray, millions probably astray with a new move, progressive movement. And he just hosted a massive LGBTQ parent. It was a parenting mm-hmm. for, for parents to affirm LGBT uh, men, women, whatever you want to say. But, um, and these were speakers that were um, in relationships with same sex um, and parenting. So they were basically like giving parenting advice and affirming all this within the church. Um, And yeah, it was like a whole big event that he, that he hosted. And, and I want to kind of read, so this is what the website itself for the thing says. For the conference. And uh, you're invited to the Unconditional Conference. This two-day premier event is for parents of LB, LGBT plus, LGBTQ plus children and for ministry leaders looking to discover more ways to support parents and LGBTQ plus children in their churches. Side note, there's that, man. I mean, I can get behind what that's saying about supporting parents and and ministry leaders. That's our heart. But our heart is not to affirm sin. Because we do. You know, looking at that, you go, we need that. Like, we're having conversations with many people that we're in ministry with. We see it in our culture, like parents that are actually struggling yeah. to bring truth into their children and that, that we do need support. Like we do need biblical, yes. sound, doctrinal support, but not confirming and accepting of sin. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, you look at that and, and that's, and again, it grieved, grieved our hearts because I can't imagine. I, I mean, as a parent, seeing that, yeah. that could easily draw you. Oh, this, this. And so you attend yeah. that conference and hello, yeah. you, you're expecting that someone's going to like give you sound advice. And then yeah. you're going to go and then to look and go, well, if he's a minister of the gospel, then, yeah. then I guess I can affirm yeah. that this is, re- you know, so it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, it, it even goes on to say you will be equipped refreshed and inspired as you hear from leading communicators on topics that speak to your heart, soul, and mind. I mean, wow. I mean, the wording, it's so like marketing wise and wording wise, this is speaking, you know, and, and man, who doesn't want that refreshment, that break, but it is sadly misguided and sadly Leading people to hell, leading people who don't know the Lord saying, no, you don't need to turn from your sin. Like, that's not scriptural. Uh, uh, And when you don't have, and that's that's why it's important to have, like we're talking about, the firm foundation of the word. 
because when you're in a, in a service like that, and if you've been grounded in the word, then you're going to immediately know by the Holy Spirit and the discernment of the Spirit to go, whoa, hello. Like your antenna should go up to go, this is not truth. Yeah. And, and to run, yeah, <laughs> get and, out of there. And this is, and, 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 and this is not just on this topic. It, like this, this, and it said, you know, finishing what their statement about, we deeply desire this time or bring about healing and restoration. I mean, all these things sound great. No, and then it's so interesting. No matter what theological stance you hold, we invite you to listen, reflect, and learn as we approach this topic from the quieter middle space. And so that right there, you go, that it, it really should say like a biblical way to view this. And God's way would say, no matter where, what space you find yourself in, we invite you to listen, reflect, and learn as we approach this topic from the biblical theological view but it did not say that that's not what it said and so the enemy is is going to twist up and so today that's why we are approaching this from god's word what he says not what i say for the for every single podcast and and uh you know so now we'll kind of move on to to how do we redeem that um Real quick side note. Oh, real quick side note. First, just I, I thought of this verse, Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And and I mean, it's actually really, when you look at the consequences of leading somebody astray, that's the most evil thing you could do. That's the worst thing that you can do is not tell somebody the truth that they need for their very lives and their eternal souls to be saved. Um, that's why what that's why what pastors and leaders do, man, is is such a weight, mm. and you know because they are they are the shepherd. They're mm. they're who God has placed in a in a level of authority mm. and, and elevated and. That's it grieves me to see such a platform mm. of influence to see it completely just deconstructed and completely against the word of God mm. and how many and he will stand accountable yep. one day, as we all will, as we will for what we say on this podcast. You know, that's why we have to pray that mm-hmm. we do our best to bring out the word of God, to to stand on its truth every time that we have an opportunity to speak. I, I mean, and it's and it is hard because we all face that thing of wanting to be liked. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, so um, the other thing I wanted to say, and I had said it before, that those who, who who hold maybe to um, pro, you know that I said the word progressive. Well, I want to speak here that um, man, and we're going to source this uh, episode in the resources. Beware of Christless conservatism with John Root 
and that was on the Elisa Childers podcast. And I'll speak to this in that I've, I've had the privilege of kind of, of really seeing things. And we live in Montgomery, Alabama, which is a very political, bureaucratic city. And, and we have a lot of ties to Washington and things like that. And we do see the divisiveness of politics um, and being a part of some worship and different events and things like that, that have been really good. And man, our prayer, of course, is for America, for God to save America. But we, we don't, Megan and I, our home centers on the word, it centers on Christ, does not center on a political party of uh, uh, any type of thing. It's, um, I have a really good friend uh, that he has been leading people through kingdom politics and kingdom uh kingdom man everything by tony dr tony evans um and one of the things that they talk about is any time that we put an adjective before the word christian if we're describing ourselves and people say i'm just a uh i'm a i'm a baptist christian i'm a whatever or I'm a conservative Christian. I've heard things talk about conservative Christian values. Um, like we just said, progressive Christian. If there's something before the word Christian, then, then, then priorities are off because Christ is not central or first. And so I've even seen this in, on this, on that episode that they'll link, uh, from Elisa Childers, um, there's there's a guy that's very well known in a lot of these circles has been on conservative talk and 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 I know is even coming to speak at an event uh, as a part of an event and he uh, and, I, and I don't know what the context was here so like I like we said check this you know but he he at one time said recommended that there should be some Sundays that people. Um, that people that the, that pastors put the Bible aside and and read the Constitution instead to their congregation, and so man, beware! I, I love it. Says beware. It it doesn't matter. The enemy, his goal. Yes, we have division, but you know what? The, his goal behind that is is to keep you from Christ. His goal is to kill, steal, and destroy, and, and he loves it when people turn away from Jesus. So anything he can do to take our eyes off of Jesus, whatever, whether that's uh, white, black, whether that's progressive, what, whatever that is, the enemy's going to use it. And, and so uh, going back more into why is the word so important and um and, and what we're doing so so let's focus on we see the problem we see what's going on megan's already kind of talked about this so here are practical steps that we can take to really make sure that we have a biblical worldview that is what we want we want to redefine we want to uh we want to redeem a biblical worldview and a biblical view of the word so um so real quick, just there's a couple of, of quick scriptures just to, to, to kind of lead to this. So Megan, real quick, John 1, 
one through four. I love this because this is I lo- this is one of my favorite scriptures about the Word Himself. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. That's so good. And that's from both that of these. From the word of both of these scriptures, that one and the next one, are from the very mouth of Jesus. They're the red letters, which some people be careful of. Those who say, "Well, I only, I'll only accept scriptures that are in red." No, no, no. Because listen to what Jesus Himself says, Matthew five, seventeen through twenty. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Man, and if this is not relevant, therefore, Whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And wow. If that's not relevant to those other stories, I don't, I don't know. So we're going to go just real quick on these practical steps. So those steps are, one, that we first, just like on the first, uh, on that last episode when we were talking about God, it's, it's the same place. And these all start with the letter S, by the way. We, we did R, S, so maybe next time it'll be T. <laughs> um, so first, we submit to the authority of the Word. Um, like we've said, the, world, the Word must be first and central in everything. Um, and so that, that, that was the first one, submit. Um, and secondly... Um, the next one was that we uh, will just start. Start. Just start reading about start, start reading. I've talked it's to. It's so hard to yeah. not. I mean, you just got to start somewhere. Start somewhere. Yeah. Start somewhere. And and there are some great resources and, and things available to to us. I know we have smartphones now. We have version. The whole time I'm sitting here, I'm using different resources yeah. and, and stuff like that. Uh, just to read the Bible, I do want to say, get get one of these. You can hear that. You can hear that. Get a paper Bible if you don't have one. Scott, who had uh, helped me to um, to co-host this and, and to launch this, is doing a uh, ministry called the Iron Bible that he's printing Bibles. And or he's getting Bibles and then he's engraving them. And these are, are Bibles specifically geared to get men 
interested, mm-hmm. pumped up, and, and to read the word and then to pass it along. And what is that? That's discipleship. That's biblical discipleship. Read the word, pass the word along. Um, and so get a paper Bible. And if anything, I can just recommend uh, if to start in the Gospels. If you want, if you just want a reference point of somewhere to start, read the book of John. And, and, and you know, there's, uh, I forget, 30-something, chap, 31 chapters. I don't know, but it's um, it's enough for, for you to read one chapter a month. I mean, one chapter a day, a day yeah. not, not a month. So it actually will be a, the course of 21 days, which is perfect. It takes 21 days to form a habit. And so... Man, if you if you need this place to start, it's going to put you where you you can actually get to know Jesus. Because John, one of the disciples that was the closest, it's his firsthand encounter. Uh, it's it's not just stories. This is an encounter. This is the account that John took, and he was with Jesus. Um, uh, third, so the first one once again was we submit just like we did. Put the word first. Put it. I submit my life. If it's not in line with the word, I'm going to put his word first. Um, So once again, that was submit, start, search is the next one. So, so that, that is, man. So there's, there's the, Hey, just kind of get to read, but man, like get to love the word, search the word. I, I remember John Piper talked about, uh, when I when I first actually when I gave my life to Christ that very same weekend, he talked about when you read scripture, don't just rake for leaves, dig for gold. And I was like, wow. To it, there's he's, it was almost like don't don't just don't just wait, Megan. Yeah. Uh, you had just said some scriptures and um. And one of them that I had thought about, there's there's an area in probably, I think, near Turkey, uh, modern-day Turkey, um, and there's a group called the Bereans in a place called Berea where Paul preached the gospel. And I love this. This is Acts chapter, uh, chapter 17. It's such a beautiful picture of what Megan was talking about a few minutes ago. Even of, of people who, if you're listening to this podcast or any teacher, I love this. As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Berean Jews were of more, char- nor, more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. I love that about the Berean Christian and you were just talking about. Like, Searching, yeah. Search it. That's, that's why it's important to search, to know, um, not just to take. You know, we all love the commentaries. I mean, I'm... You know, I'm a good, I love me a good devotional. I love, I love a good, um, something I can write in. Mm. Currently going through a devotional right now for a small group that I'm leading and it's great. It's wonderful, but I can't substitute that for the word. Yes. Um, 
it's good. It is. I'm not saying put it down and, you know, and sometimes that's where it starts. You know, like I said, just to get started, just taking a baby step. But when you, you know, once you get mature, we got to get off the baby food. We got to get in the meat. And that's what the word is. It's the meat. And um, so I don't substitute that for my reading. And it's tough. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here. There, there are some, there are some chapters that it's really hard to get through. Oh, yeah. It's it's very hard, and that's where the discipline comes yeah. in. And even if you know, I'm I'm very quick. I I like to read when I can. There's a lot of times I listen to it. Um, everybody has their different ways of how they you know. But as long as you are absorbing the word, getting it in your system, getting it in your your heart. Um, to me, that is. Like you're, that's what it means to consume and let it, let it resonate within you. Um, and so, yeah, but just, you know, take, take it. Yeah. I mean, I look back and I understand, like there, there literally is no excuse. We have every resource there is at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. So much more than oh. they did, you know, decades ago. Wow. Um, the word is, is very, very much anywhere. The right word. That's why we have to have the right. Yeah. <laughs> to make sure we are having those right commentaries, you know, being, and we do. That's why we have to pray for discernment. You know, there's there's been devotionals and commentaries that I've had to go, what something didn't set well in my spirit. Yeah. Um, and always, that's what I said, test the things, yeah. you know, with the word. That's why yeah. it's important to know um, and have his, the Holy Spirit to discern those things. Yeah. Um, but search. That's what it means to search. Yeah. And, and even we recommend, recommend, or, you know, take, take time to even these scripture passages, these stories that we're sharing with you, like, please go, go, go follow them. them. Go look, go look at, at them. Read them for yourself. Um, that Matt, uh, uh, Megan just said in first John four, uh, this thing, beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out in the world. So test, like those Bereans, test the spirits. There's one quote by Chuck Smith Jr., who um, I believe is the son of Chuck Smith, who started um, Calvary Chapel and was a part of the Jesus Revolution and all those things. So really cool. But his son, it's great to see his legacy. Um, our familiar assumed interpretations, side note is, you know, I, I, I man, I don't believe that God intended, intended us to interpret the Bible. I think he wanted us to absorb it and to live it. Because it's what saves us. I feel like we use that word. Well, what do you what do you interpret? This? What do you feel? What do you feel? What's your interpretation? I'm like, no, no, no. This is the word. Period. End of story. Um, so our familiar assumed interpretations obscure any new insights that God want, might want to reveal to us when we read the word. We assume that we already know what a passage means. So we read it again. So when we read it again, it sounds like the same old stuff. I don't want to read that. Why, why am I reading these genealogies? I don't want to read that. Why am I doing this? I already know what it says. 
Our understanding of the Bible is formed more than we know by Bible teachers who have impressed us with their authoritarian style. Well, I already listened to my pastor and he preached on Sunday. I don't need that. I'm good, you know. Oh, man, did you hear that rev? Man, that revelation he brought. Watch his new TikTok video. Wow, look at that TikTok. <laughs> man, that YouTube. Man, check this YouTube. We'll snip it out. We've been there. Yeah. It can't take the place, man. It can't because, man, because someone has already told us all we need to know, but all that is a secondhand knowledge. When we read the Bible, the thoughts that spring into our minds are not always inspired by the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that's not the word. The thoughts that come into our minds are not always inspired by the Holy Spirit speaking through the text. They might be simply the lessons inherited from our favorite Bible teachers. Man, dig in for ourselves. Let's read Feast on the Meat. Feast on the Meat. Yeah. <laughs> Eat some good meat. <laughs> What you love. Yes. Um, the so, the last two. So, the last two, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. My wife. Submit, start, search, man. We stand. Um, stand firm then. Let nothing move you. There's so many verses, man. Go read Ephesians 6 about the armor of God. Go read Genesis chapter 3 about what happens when we don't stand. Because the enemy came to Eve and said, did God really say? That's what he all. That's how he attacks me. Did God really say, Aaron? Nah, he didn't say that. Oh man, mm, no, it's okay. You can you can go live with your boyfriend. You can you can go. No, you can leave your husband. That's what I you know. That's what I want. Yeah, he hurt you. You divorce. Yeah, that that was an Old Testament thing that that was said. It's okay. It's good now. Or, um, or what we're seeing is, uh, and one of these was this, one of the speakers at this heretical conference that is sadly deceived, is living in a homosexual union with another man and committing sexual sin with this man. And uh, he said, uh, read kind of a, backup thing and so go check me on this but he read that he wrestled with God and God told him it was okay this is at the conference this well this yeah, was his story different. this is his story is, is the and he's one of the speakers at the oh, conference the speakers at the he's one of the speakers and and he's being invited to share oh no no God's okay with this and, and and so, man, no, we don't, we don't let the enemy, um, you know, we need to fight like Jesus fought. And what did he do when the enemy came and said, did God really say, if you're really, and he said, if you're really the son of God, turn these stones. Because, and he, what did he do to Jesus? He quoted scripture at Jesus. Go read it. Matthew 4. He quoted scripture at Jesus. We need to know the word because the enemy will use scripture. Mm -hmm. Don't think that just because something comes from a church or something that says Christian or something that says Bible teacher, anything in a Christian bookstore, podcast, don't take it for God's word. 
fight with the Word of God. It's, as Megan said, uh, uh, Timothy, what Paul said, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And, and, you know, we test those spirits. We fight with that. Paul said in Galatians, uh, man, this is something that, I, that, that I'm like, wow, this is so important. This is how we stand firm is, is that I'm astonished. He's, he's, he's looking at, at how they're not fighting for the gospel. He says, I'm astonished, Galatians 1, that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. And he repeats it. He says, as we have said before, and now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Man, we must stand in this hour, in this time, stand firm like Paul, like so many that have gone before us. And finally, share. Man, once we man, once we have done these things, man, we we have submitted to the word. We start reading it, get to know it, then man, we search it, we love it, we stand firm, man, and, and what's left but then to share the word of God with the lost, with those who are dying. Um, I want to read these, these two scriptures real quick. If, uh, so Philippians 2, verses 14 through 16. It says, do all, these, do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I do not run in vain or labor in vain. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's where we are now. I mean, it's a dark time, but we have an opportunity, each one of us, to shine and we hold fast. I love that. It says that we hold firmly to the word of life. As we extend it out, you know, um, and in Mark eight thirty eight, kind of the standing and the sharing, and a question that I ask for all of us. I ask for me. I've got a coworker. I'm praying for man right now. That you know, the enemy comes with fear, and and I think oh, I'm not going to be able to know the right thing or say the right thing, or you know. I don't want to offend. I'm not going to offend, but man, the, the gospel is offensive to all of us. And it's worth it to face that uncomfortable place so that Jesus can have one of his lost children come home. Jesus says, let's start at 37. Is anything worth more than your soul? In verse 38 of chapter 8, if anyone is ashamed of me, and my message, this is the NLT and the 
ESV or NIV, it says, by words. Anyone is ashamed of me and my words in, in these adulterous and sinful days. <laughs> the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. What a charge for us in this generation today that we would stand unashamed, that we would share the word of life. You know, we would submit first to his authority. We would start every day by reading the word. That's something we can do every day. Start. Start reading the word every day. We can search. We can dig for gold. We can stand firm. And we can share God's word. And I wanted, did not want to end today without giving that opportunity for anyone. Because we're not ashamed of that gospel. It is hope. And, I, and, and this song that God just is just, Cody, I, I love Cody Carnes. We've talked about him before. His recent album, Firm Foundation, which really, and, and I need to listen to a podcast that he was interviewed on about struggling, but really coming back and saying no. Just the inspiration about the word of God. The lyrics and the words. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that the album's titled Firm Foundation. There is a song, Firm Foundation, that has to do with putting Christ, that Christ is his only hope, Firm Foundation, that the word. Another song on the album is Hope of the Ages. And I love the words that it says, the gospel of Jesus. It's the hope of the ages. Burning brighter and brighter and standing forever. Later on down in the, the second verse, his word is the answer for all generations. It will never be tainted. It will never be broken this is our confession. This is our conviction. We believe what is written. We believe what you've spoken. And what is that? Here's the gospel. Though Christ was dead, now surely he's risen. Yes, he is coming back again. And Christ will reign in triumph forever. All praise belongs to Jesus. And so that's the gospel, that Christ came, that, that God actually knew that all of us, like Megan said, would sin, would be born in sin, would fall short of God's perfect standard. And that he said he didn't want any to perish. He wants all, he wants all to come to a place of, of faith and salvation in him, to come to repentance, actually, is what it says. And, and repentance is the most beautiful, life-giving thing. When, when Peter first presented the gospel, he said, repent and believe that a time of refreshing for your soul. And, and it's funny because that's the exact counterfeit words that the enemy would love to use. We saw it from the conference, this heretical 
and, and confused conference saying, come be refreshed. No, 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 no. That's not refreshing. So if you are listening to this and you are living in sin, believing lies about sexuality or anything, and if you have not trusted in Jesus, if you have not turned to Jesus, you have the chance right now and the choice right now to turn from faith in you and faith in, in what you want. Because here's the truth. If you do not, and if you live the rest of your life and you don't turn to Jesus, you will die in your sin and you will face the consequences of eternal hell and separation from God forever. But man, if you come right now to Jesus and forsake your sin and leave it and admit that you, like me and all of us, are sinners and that there is no hope, no name, no one else that, that lived the perfect life that I couldn't live. He died the death for me that I deserve, and then he rose again. If you put your faith in him, you'll be saved. And if you want to do that, just pray something like this. Lord, I know that I am a sinner, that there is nothing good that lives in me, that I've tried on my own, but it, there's no way I could ever reach it to heaven without you, Jesus. There's no amount of good works and no amount of going to church, no amount of reading the Bible that could save me. No, I turn and I put my faith in you. And, and I also, Lord, I repent from my sin. Lord, I turn and, and instead of indulging in my sin, Lord, I turn to you now and I ask you to help me to have a new mind so that I can follow you now for the rest of my life. Lord, I thank you. I ask you to save me, to fill my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I give you my life now, and I thank you for saving me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Amen. And if, if you prayed, if you prayed that prayer, I, we would love to yeah. hear it. it. You know, and and we contact do us. yeah, contact. We do have an email that I need to do better about checking. And that's something that on Mondays when I'm working on the podcast, I'm going to make sure I'm doing is checking this email. So it's redeemingidentity at gmail.com. Please let us know and, and um, let us know how we can pray for you. Um, we love you. Yes. And, and we do appreciate your prayer. Man, let's, let's stand firm. Let's hold fast to the word of life and shine and share that gospel. And let's be unashamed of Jesus in this time. We love you and we'll talk to you next time.